what's up y'all hey welcome back to the rooted life i'm not gonna jump on the track oh, but i was feeling like i want to do that hey. hey i was waiting for it i was like she sounds like she has a little freestyle in her you head. know that spirit just it steps just, right on in every time uh, oh my Took gosh over. it's episode 10 guys uh wow. it's pretty crazy um have you been feeling most since we've been back from Cali? I mean, I've been feeling mixed, honestly, <laughs> as one would when you leave paradise to come back oh, to paradise. the city life. It's like, where are the mountains in DC? God, I don't to the ocean. Where are the where are the palm trees, Father? Oh my God, it's been a so hard real. transition. I'm gonna be honest with you. What about you? It's so real. It, it has been a hard transition, but in in the words that you shared yesterday, you know, I'm going to be content. And even more than content, you know, I'm, I'm going to really just enjoy and appreciate the season that I'm in right mm-hmm. now. And um, though I have desires to be in other places mm-hmm. and do other things, <laughs> this is the assignment for the moment. Come and on. so I will do it gladly and rejoice and, and all the things, Love all that. of the things. All right, girl, I'm going to hold you to it. Hold <laughs> me to it, please. Please hold to. me to it. Mm. <laughs> well, welcome y'all to the Rooted Life Podcast, where we believe in worship and witness, because the more we know him, the better we reflect him. And y'all know we like to keep it real with y'all, sharing all of our business, <laughs> and also uh, just talking about practical ways that we can grow in our faith. So this week, we are really excited to do something a little bit different. Yeah. We're going to have our friends from Project 330 on our episode, and uh, we had an opportunity opportunity to just talk with them and really bring the male perspective into all the things that we've talked about all season long. Mm-hmm. So we really hope that y'all will enjoy this episode, Real Talk with Project 330. So hey, y'all, we got our friends from Project 330 on today. And uh, it says in short, uh, insert short bio here. I don't have a short bio. So <laughs> Moses, <laughs> um, can you just tell us about Project 330? We're so excited to be talking to y'all today. Appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for having us. You know, after many attempts, we finally got it Got it going, but um, <laughs> it's been I'm a long Moses. time. I, yeah, you know, we here though. But um, I'm Moses from Project P30. Um, and Remy's here as well. You it's know, good. Remy uh, and I are part of a collective of four guys who love Christ and want to make Come a difference now. through uh, Project 330. So essentially, what our platform is, um, you know, just to keep it short, is based off the verse John 330. It talks about um, he must become greater, I must become less. Mm. And what that really means to us is that we're just trying to create a platform of vulnerability that just allows people to know that God can be greater in all aspects of life and culture. Yeah. And what it really means to live a life of less, you know, it's less about us and more about Jesus. So, mm. you know, we have a podcast too called The Greater Podcast. Oh, um, I love shout out. Yeah, we, it's, it's, it's bigger than as well with the Project 330 um brand in general is just you know doing it through video podcasting you know merch whatever it may be we just want to you know keep that narrative that um christ is greater in all aspects of life and culture so yeah Yeah. we got some good uh topics that we talk about but i know today's topic is going to be a good one yeah yeah i'm hype and y'all know that this season we've just talked about relationships we talked about friendships and everything Mm. in between and i think that We've talked a lot from our perspective as women, and we just want to have the male perspective because we don't know what y'all are feeling or what y'all going <laughs> through. So we like, Come on. let's have some guys on here who love Jesus Please. and see, <laughs> thank <laughs> you, <laughs> Please. And we don't want, I think a lot of times too, with relationships, a lot, what happens is like the opposite sex tries to make assumptions about what the other yeah. sex feels or experiences. And it's like, let's not do that. Let's just hear from, from y'all. So I'm excited to kind of just get your take on some of the major themes from our season. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. And I, I want to say we appreciate you guys for having us. Ah, our first, first guest. Yes. yes. First. I know. We, I'm dancing. I hope, we don't, I hope we don't let you down, but 
you know. We'll find out. <laughs> kidding. We'll kidding. know in the end if this never makes it <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, this is going to be good. No, this is great. And I'm so excited to, um, yeah, to have our first guest on it. Also, just like, I feel like the community that we've met in building the Rooted Life podcast, just knowing that there are other believers out there, yeah. like, that you can come together, that it's cool, it's not weird, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, Christians be awkward, so. So much, yeah. like, they have no social skills, I don't, I don't get it's it. It's like, nah, I mean, I consider myself to be cool, so I appreciate yeah. meeting some other cool folks, so. Yeah. yeah you all right, you all right. Oh, don't, don't <laughs> Like, no, I, you guys, you guys are very gracious. I'll just say that. And okay. Just keep okay. that, you know. Okay. People on the pod, these guys are very gracious. They know. Oh, appreciate I that, y'all. Appreciate that. All right. So, what role does knowing yourself play in who you choose to be friends with? Mm, Remy, that's for you. Go ahead and kick us off. I think um, knowing yourself is like very pivotal in like who you choose to position yourself around. Mm-hmm. I think um, in my younger years, like my early twenties. I would position myself around anybody who I felt like had one thing in common with me. Mm. That's because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my likes, my dislikes. But I think as you grow older and you know certain things that you gravitate towards or you tolerate, you're able to know, like I know very quickly, like probably within a week or two of meeting someone, if we're going to have like a long lasting relationship. Mm. And I think that's because if someone does something that kind of like pushes one of my boundaries or I'm uncomfortable with because I know myself, I know, okay, this is somebody that they're cool, but the way they're, I guess their attitude or their mindset is, it's like, this could bring me down or they could be a bad influence. I, mm-hmm. I know certain people, I, I know certain mindsets that I just gravitate towards now mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about setting the boundaries or I don't have to worry about going back and forth on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, when I was younger, I would, it was like a proximity thing. Like, you know, in college, you have all those friends. And then when you're like 23 or 24, a lot of them drop. By the time you hit 26, like probably 80% of the people you spoke to when you were 21, Come on. you don't even speak to now. You speak to when you see them. And yep. I think that's because it was a proximity thing. Mm. And you probably just use those one or two things you had in common to try to build a friendship. Mm-hmm. But now that it takes more effort because mm-hmm. we all have like lives on the side, yeah. um, it's, more intentional and I, I can't really deal with uh I can't deal with a friend who requires this much energy mm. uh because I have less energy to give because there's so mm. many other components of my life now yeah mm. yeah yeah That's a good point. yeah into the whole um knowing yourself I know for me growing up identity has been something that I didn't realize how much it affects every area of your life. Yeah. Um, and for me, like just the background, I grew up playing sports and identified myself as just like an athlete or a football player my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to Remy's point about proximity, the guys that I hanged around with the most were my teammates, you know, yeah. and, and people like coaches and people associated with that. So my identity got wrapped up into the sport and that by proximity gained, my friends were gained through that identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as I, you know, finished playing college ball and, and things like that, I started to really find out who I am. Yeah. Um, and I think that yeah. kind of changed the trajectory of the friendships that I pursued. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It wasn't just proximity and who's close by. And even in, you know, becoming Christian, it wasn't just who was at my church. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it that. became, yeah, it became the people. Once I realized who I am in Christ and, you know, kind of what that means to me, um, I started gaining friendships that are like, you know, tight bonds, Remy being one of those guys, but guys that, you know, I could really just sit down and just talk with, um, talk about life, talk about, you know, what we agree upon, what we disagree upon. Um, and it's not based off of proximity because you don't need to pursue proximity. You know, it's just there. 
It's yeah. you wake up and it's there. Right. But pursuing something that actually means something requires you to come out of yourself and, and pursue pursue it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of kind of going off what Moses said about uh, Christian friends. I think sometimes people think because we're Christian, that is the foundation of why we should be friends. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to realize. Christians have personalities too. Yes, yes. And there may be certain friends that you may be uncomfortable divulging information. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a stereotype that Christians can be more judgmental than other people. I think everyone has the capacity to judge. And I think um, just because you guys believe in the same thing doesn't necessarily mean that you guys like mesh well. So mm-hmm. I think um, knowing yourself is knowing who is good for me and who is just, it's not that someone's bad for you. It's just like, you're green, they're blue. It's like, it doesn't mix. So. <laughs> Yeah. That made me think about the relationships in the past that I've pursued, whether friendship or romantic. And I think before I really like went to therapy multiple times, worked in my wholeness, like what was what I was gravitating towards was my own trauma. Mm-hmm. I was gravitating towards people who have been through the same issues I have been through. So we were never, ever progressing. I just gravitated to what I knew and what I knew was dysfunction. And so I think that as you begin to know yourself, you can start to also be whole and pursue friendships that actually help you progress and grow, not just something that's familiar or, you know, because of proximity, but people who actually challenge you and help you move forward. Otherwise you can gravitate things. You can gravitate towards things that actually do you more harm than good. Mm. Exactly. And it's like that whole, you know, trying, like one example for me was the whole popularity thing. If you don't Mm -hmm. know who you are, you try to gravitate to who you think you want to be. Exactly. Yep in situations where you find yourself out somewhere that you, you know, you know, you ain't got no business. Being no out business. There. And you just like, <laughs> and, and at that moment, you like, bro, oh, what am I trying to, bro, what am I trying am to I do here? here? You know, hey, so doing the things, doing things you don't want to do to impress people that Come you don't even like. Mm-hmm. So. And I, Remy, I love what you said too, about the, like, just Christian not being the only foundation for like, we should be friends. Cause actually I was in the shower today and I was thinking, I know this is random, but I was just thinking about like, I would rather be Christ-like than Christian. And I I thought about that because like Christian is just a label. And I know a lot of people who say, yeah, I'm Christian. I'm like, people say I'm Christian, like the same thing as like, I'm black. Like Mm -hmm. it just is here, but are you pursuing Christ? Cause that looks a lot different. And the people that I want to be around when you're pursuing Christ, like you have a different type of lifestyle and one that I want to align myself with. So I love that point. Not to get all theological, but I was actually listening to a sermon (laughs) by, um, by, I believe it was Bridgetown. So back in the day, being like the word Christian was mm-hmm. actually it was kind of like an insult in a sense because mm. back then they would say I'm a follower of the way and mm-hmm. you know yeah. label yourself as Christian was kind of more so just religiosity mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. actually being about the way so once mm-hmm. I ha- realized that I'm like hey we're definitely Christian is the uh I guess politically correct and mm. you know of course we still identify as Christian yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. just sure. to give that a little history Y'all, that was just question number one. That's just one. Wait. Come on now. <laughs> we just got here. Yeah. I love All it. All right, though. What's next? So, okay. So let's talk about like, how do y'all choose friends then? And how has that mm. evolved as you have matured in your faith, you know, and y'all talked a little bit about identity. So how do y'all use that approach now in choosing friends? Yeah, I'll say, um, kind of touching up on like what we already talked about, I think the identity piece has allowed me to really look for authenticity in people. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, what we have in common, but what realness can we talk about? Like right now, my group of friends, I have, I have a group of friends from guys that I played college ball, college ball, high school ball. And then, you know, guys that I've came into friendship with over the past few years that 
all of us are on different spectrums of like what our interests are and what, you know, we like to do on, a, on, a, on our hobbies and stuff like that. But I, I realized that the main thing there is that we're all real. You know, we all have that authenticity aspect mm -hmm. to us when we come together and we talk yeah. about all of our struggles and we talk about what we're dealing with and what, yeah. you know, we've been looking at, what we've been listening to, all that type of stuff. It just comes to being real with one another. Yeah. I think that that's what I look for in friendships. I don't want to see something that, you know, is just cookie, cookie cutter or mm -hmm. something that yeah. you want to perceive yourself as or you want to manipulate somebody to believe you are. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I can, I can, I don't want to say like, I can see through all that stuff because you don't really know until you walk with this person and you actually yeah. be in a relationship with them. Yeah. But I think that once, you know, you do see, okay, this person may be just putting up a facade or whatever it may be. I kind of distance myself a little bit more, not in a way that's like, okay, they shady or whatever it may be. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm more so just looking for that, that realness in, in people. And I think once you, once you look into that, you know, there's, it, it, it allows you to be vulnerable because yeah, it brings out their authenticity, authenticity brings out things in you that you mm -hmm. realize you need to work on. Come you on. Know what I'm saying? Because you were hanging out with a lot of people that, you know, they made, they made it look good on the outside. So you never really had to deal with what was going on, on the inside. But mm -hmm. now you talking mm -hmm. to your boy, he's talking about, oh yeah, I've been dealing with lust and this, that, and the third. And you like, dang. I've been Me dealing too. with Me that too. stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, now we can this talk man's, about it. Yeah. So I, 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 I look for um, the realness in people and, it, yeah. and it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's what it, that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's similar to Moses. Um, so I, I like to consider myself a transparent person. Um, and a lot of that transparency brings out transparency in other people. Mm. But I think one thing that makes me uncomfortable is seeing somebody who is trying to be something they're not. And I realized like that's it's hard for me to connect with somebody like that because I know you are like I know I know who you actually are and who you're trying to portray yourself to be in the disparity between the two. And I kind of like try to tell people like it's okay. It's okay to be insecure about something. It's okay to be vulnerable about something. Mm. But I mean, obviously, everyone has different upbringings, which, you know, certain traumas require you to wear a mask and everything. But mm. I think at this age, um, I kind of like there was an analogy. I, I think I was listening to a sermon where it's like, but like everyone's running a race obviously in Christ and you kind of look at like you're there's somebody that that should be running in front of you that you're like looking at like maybe somebody in the future like a couple of my friends are married and have kids so like that's something that's not in the present for me so I'm looking at that yeah. getting a scope of their life and seeing how they live their life and saying okay I would do this I want to emulate that etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. then there are people who I'm like running next to we have similar walks and it's like we both have similar struggles. We bounce off each other and that helps me. Mm -hmm. And then one of the most important things, cause I was talking about one of my friends, like he was encouraging me not to like distance myself from a friend because they kind of needed me. And this helps me mature my faith because it's like, I'm running in front of them. So mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. although I may not be getting a lot out of this relationship, mm -hmm. they're like, it's, it's requiring me to stay grounded yeah. to help them, to help bring yeah. them up. If they're broken. Like if, if everyone who's more fixed than them cuts them off, all the friends that they're going to have are mm. just other broken people. So how mm. are they going to grow? Yeah. So I think um, yeah. I kind of like stick to that whole like relay race type deal. Um, and I just um, like going back to the first question, knowing myself allows me to know what I'm comfortable with, mm -hmm. <laughs> what stresses me out and like what I gravitate towards. And then like those are like certain mentalities that I step into friendships with. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I was going to even tie it back to Remy. It brings up a good point because I think sometimes 
some friends aren't chosen for you. It's just, it happens where, as to Remy's point, you're there to help them along the way too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and <laughs> this, this analogy that I found was, um, not that I found, but I heard was that there's two types of Christians and, and that, and that through two different lenses determines what type of Christian you're going to be hmm. on. And it kind of relates to even friendships as well as whereas you come in saying, what can Jesus do for you? versus what has Jesus done for you. So mm. even a friendship, you can't really come into friendship just being like, what can this person do for me? Mm. And I often think of yeah. networking where it's like, okay, I need to get into this. This this person can help connect me to this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. They got money, they can, you know, help me out, whatever it may be. And that's how you base your friendships. Whereas when you think mm -hmm. about what has Jesus done for you, you know, the grace that he's given us, the mm -hmm. life that he's yeah. given yeah, us. The way that he walks with us day in and day out mm -hmm. that changes your perspective on friendships you know yeah. there's there's some friends that you're just going to walk with and you're going to help them along the way because you know mm -hmm. that jesus has done that for you and that mm -hmm. kind of shapes that kind of has in, in, a, in a way shifted some of the way i look at friendships as well where you know it's a it's a it's always a give take you know what i'm saying it's always mm -hmm. a how can i and i try to focus more on and i'm not perfect at this remy could be a test but how can I, I'm trying to focus on how can I give more? Mm -hmm. you know, how can I give yeah. more of my time and my, my resources and all of that maybe. So it's a work in progress. I ain't coming in here saying that I got it, but. Mm, yeah. Oh, so many good things there. I don't even know what, what to follow up on. Um, the part though, about like the three types of friends, like who you're kind of aspiring to be, who you're running with and who you're trying to support or encourage. I, I mm -hmm. think that really resonates with me because sometimes you get into this place where you do just want to cut everybody up. Like if you ain't running the race, like get on somewhere because <laughs> it's slowing me down. But it's so real that like, I think I even have to realize and really just, I have to talk to God about it and be like, okay, is this something that I need to continue pouring into? Because mm. if it is, then like, give me the grace to be able to do it to Moses's point. Like, give me the patience to be able to see this person through. Mm -hmm. um, and, and other times, you know, maybe it's not, but I think just yeah. making sure that we always come back to him to see what he needs needs us to pour into a relationship instead of determining ourselves who's supposed to be in our circle and who's not yeah, um, so I important there's, there's like to to end this question off i think there's this <laughs> this uh mentality sometimes within our culture um christian culture is just like you got to cut everybody off that's not yeah. helping you yep. get to where it is yeah yep. it's not like, serving me yeah. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's like if you look back into scripture it's just like there's always a point in time where Jesus had the opportunity to cut somebody off. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But no, he gives an opportunity to walk with them. And, yep. you know, if, if you just, if, if everybody in your circle has the same frame of mind, the same, uh, you know, you guys can't find anything that's different about you or it doesn't, oh, it doesn't challenge you at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't challenge you to be more loving. It doesn't challenge you. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about, it's easy. It's easy to love your friends. It's easy to love the people that surround you. But yeah. once you get outside of those, that's where true discipleship has. That's where true Jesus followers are. They're yeah. outside loving people that aren't the same as them, that yep. don't have the same perspective as them, that don't have the same mindset as them, don't have group think or whatever it may be. And that's something that's been challenging me to like not cut people off because mm -hmm. I mean, that's not my personality, but somebody's got to walk with these people. I, I think I resonate with people who are opinionated and don't like sway too easily. I think that's why Gabe, one of the other members of the podcast, like me and him are so close because I know if he feels something, 
It does not matter if everyone, if like seven people mm-hmm. are are this way, Gabe is this way. Like I don't care. This is what mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. It's what mm-hmm. I think. And I, I I like that because I know if I'm doing something and he's doing something, he's doing the same thing as me. It's not because like I influenced mm-hmm. him to do so. Mm-hmm. Like he because he has a mind of his own. He finds reasoning. Although sometimes it can be detrimental. <laughs> you find reasoning and like you have your own opinion on certain things. So that's kind of one yeah. a trait that I really gravitate towards. Mm, yeah, yeah we're gonna talk to them. <laughs> I think just hearing y'all talk to it's I think my criteria has changed from like what do I want to what does Jesus want? Mm. You know, mm. before it's like I want people who want to have fun and da, 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 da. And it's like, God, what do you desire for my relationships? Like who mm. who are the people I need to be with? What are you calling me to do? And I think the more yeah. that we keep inviting the Holy Spirit in, the more we can be aligned to what He's called us to do. Because at the end of the day, it's not doesn't matter what I want. Like everything in my life has to be sub to the mission. The mission is to please God and to know God. So the criteria has changed mm-hmm. from like, even with work, it's like, God, this may not be what I want, but the criteria for my life is like, God, whatever you want, I'm going to submit to that. Cause I know at the end it's going to be good. It may be mm-hmm. rough, but at the end it's going to be more worth it. So I'm yeah. glad y'all helped me think of that. That's yeah. God, he talking to me. So, all right, Holy Spirit, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> all right, let's get to this next question. I'm excited about this one. So what do you think is the most difficult um, area for black men to navigate between boundaries, offense, or conflict and that was one of two of our episodes earlier on the season so speaking mm. from the black man perspective what's the most difficult to to navigate i'll go ahead and start it off i think for me personally it may be boundaries but i'm going to speak on like a general scope and say i think of, out of these three offenses the most difficult to navigate but mainly because a lot of men grow up uh not being taught how to express or like, or even they grow up not even being told that they can't express. Mm. A lot of times if a dude falls or if a dude like is hurt, it's like just man up. So mm. you kind of just suppress feelings. Even when you're in school, you don't want to seem like you're sweet or you don't want to seem like you're soft. So a lot of suppressed feelings like from like ages one to like 20, like mm. your 20s. Mm. So certain things will offend you, but you'll try to just like bypass them. And then you just put them, put them in a bottle, put them in a bottle. One day that mm. bottle's gonna explode and then they'll come out as like yeah. anger and frustration. That's why a lot of dudes, especially like young black men, are just so an- walking around so angry because mm-hmm. they've been offended all their life. And wow. literally, like, we get offended just our existence offends other people. Wow. And, it's, it's, it, and I think, um, unfortunately, we want to just be like humanized and like soft creatures sometimes, but we can't. So I think um, when it comes to like me and my friendships, I, I would say offense it's the weirdest because you don't want to come off as like something really like hurts you, even though that, that other person thinks it's like. Like, mm. it's like, oh, they just made a jab, but it could have could have like struck a chord with your insecurities mm. and they don't know that. And it's like, if you let that slide, obviously they're going to think it's cool. So I think mm. um, now at 28 years old, like I can talk to somebody and say, hey, please don't do that. Just because I'm comfortable saying it and I'm, I let them know, like, I'm not mad at you. I just didn't like that you did that. And then hopefully mm. if the other person's mature enough, we can move right past it. Mm-hmm. And I think because like um, we were when we were on the phone with Sam earlier, he was saying there's stuff that all of us may have done to him that we have no idea that we did <laughs> yeah. and I feel bad because like you would want him to express that but right. understanding yeah. how it is being a dude and mm. you are told like you, you got to be the man or you got to be this or you got to be that mm. it's hard to just say oh this offended me mm. because somebody will look at you like why and it's like I, I shouldn't have an expert I don't I don't need to have an explanation as to why mm, something yeah. offended me it did mm-hmm. and you should take that into consideration if you care mm. about me but I just think, I think because dudes aren't uh, told to be emotional, they will question why another guy is emotional. So mm. that makes offense even harder, which wow. leads to 
that that leads to conflict and because you didn't talk about that offense so now you and somebody are beefing but mm. and they don't even know it so yeah. that was Man. that's that's you I'm sorry, I'm sorry that was no deep. that was really that's, good yeah, that was very in-depth i'm like yep yeah right. she might sense. need to sip some water dorian yeah, hydrate take a little sip on that <laughs> i didn't even go uh lie um i think that for me in this area i'm still learning a lot mm. um i think for me just growing up my background um and just playing sports like you know we were taught to just throw our offense to the side which i think there is there's some some good things about that because offense to an extent is a choice mm. but i think that um i think that just growing up and just you know you got coaches yelling at the side of your neck just you know mm. yelling down at you and then you just taught to just all right let it go throw it to the side next play keep mm. it going so i never really had mm. time to just sit there and analyze that area mm. and i think yeah. that you know even having conversations with these guys i'm realizing that you know to that what Remy said. Sometimes you might question why another guy is emotional. I ain't gonna lie. I've been I've been there at that times. I'm like, yo, mm. why is this man tripping over this mm. little thing? I'm small. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, yo, what's good with you, bro? But I'm really starting to analyze that now. Like I think for myself, I'm you know a low conflict, low offense type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think there's there's beauty in still learning about that area of my life, and I'm I'm still there, mm. so I can't. It's hard for me to answer. Um, mm. but I just know that I'm learning that area and I learned it's even like biblically how Jesus walked and how you lived, what his approach to offense was, mm-hmm. um, and how there was some times where he got offended. And usually when he did, it was towards the people, um, in terms of like, you know, for example, when, when they were in the temple, mm-hmm. he was flipping tables, he was offended because, <laughs> people were creating barriers Mm -hmm. for his people to come and experience him, you know? So it's just like a learning experience for me. Um, And I think me realizing where I guess those roadblocks or those barriers were in terms of Mm -hmm. offensive conflict, Mm. I'm starting to learn now, but I think there's some great things that I learned um, from sports in terms of those Mm -hmm. areas too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so helpful for, Oh, for women to hear that, because I think a lot of times in in friendships or even romantic relationships, or even if you're working with a colleague, you're like, just tell us how you feel. We're like, just tell us. And I think it's so helpful to know it's like men haven't been taught to. Mm -hmm. And so to try to force them to share. And it's not saying that we shouldn't challenge each other and push each other. But there's a grace there of being like, I have spent my whole life sharing how Mm -hmm. I feel. There Mm have still been barriers. There have been difficulties. But I have not been shamed to to not share my feelings and to understand that men have gone through this trauma of feeling like there is no room in this world for Mm. their emotions to exist and to still be masculine and to understand how difficult that has to be Mm. allows us to give more grace and to be more patient and also be willing to teach and show and model and not just like, well, tell me how you feel. And it's like, I don't know. And it's like, come on, what's behind it? You know, you get angry and upset, but I think there has to be grace there. Remy, were you you on that? I was going to say, (laughs) that's a good point. So like, Somebody actually asked me a couple of days ago, like, do men experience heartbreak? And I was like, how does, like, how do you not think? And and the thing is, I think, I think a lot of uh, understanding emotion is understanding that not everyone expresses the same way you do. Yeah. And they could look very, they could, they could look happy on the outside. Like, it's like how depression works. People could be a functioning, like, Mm -hmm. people have functioning depression. And I think um, understanding that everyone's emotion operates differently and, mm-hmm. and especially with breakups, because guys have sort of a delayed effect. 
You can mm. ask a woman like that, that got broken up, like how she feels the next week. And she can tell you exactly how she felt. Mm-hmm. But the guy, you got to wait. Like you might have to wait like six months until you see like, dang, Jeez. I've experienced life without her for six months. And this is how I truly feel. Mm. But like that people, because people process things, um, like how they would process them internally. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I would get mad if this happens. So everyone in this room must get mad the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they don't, then they're not mad. But it's like, no, they could. And, and then I think on top of that, um, I think certain negative emotions, like I feel like anger and frustration, they're all negative emotions that you would feel if you react to something that you don't like. I think they're not taken as serious as like sadness. Mm-hmm. I.e. like if, if a woman cries over something, everyone's like, oh my God. Why she like they they run to her try to console her? But mm-hmm. if a dude is like in a corner, fist balled up, like angry, it's like, dang, what's wrong with that guy? And like mm-hmm. these are still these are the same level of negative emotion, but yeah. one is taken into more consideration. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why guys don't even want to express the frustration because it's like nobody's gonna tend to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Like there's no empathy yeah. given there. But I feel like when I was teaching, I, I learned that. It's like, because behind the anger is real hurt. Mm-hmm. But you, yeah. I feel like anger is just like unprocessed hurt or unarticulated mm. hurt. You just don't know how to express it. And when I was working with little black boys in Southeast, when I was teaching down there, it was such a thing because they would be so mad, but didn't even know how to articulate it. So mm-hmm. it helped me seem yeah. like, oh. And even when I work with adult men, I just think about the little black boys, little eight-year-old boys who I love. And I'm like, oh, they're just grown men who have these baby little boy feelings. They never have had a chance to talk about and mm-hmm. feel and just Ever. for us to continue to have the empathy towards people who are angry, even politicians. I'm gonna put that out there. When people are angry, <laughs> they haven't processed their yes. hurt and they don't know how to. And so for us to continue to yeah. extend grace, cause like y'all said before, Jesus continues to give us grace mm. upon grace upon grace. When we're angry, frustrated, mad, when I'm upset and don't even know why I'm upset, Jesus comes to me with empathy mm-hmm. and kindness and, and we're called to do the same thing. Yeah. Right, I'm off my soapbox, Moses. I know, I know we're getting into <laughs> the relationship talk um, yeah but i would say this i know we're getting in there but i'll say even for those women that are in relationships with men mm-hmm. um to the point you brought up about not really knowing how to articulate mm-hmm. what offends us and how we feel like for i'll say just be gracious with the, the those guys because it can be frustrating yeah. on their end as well like yeah i've been in moments where i'm like yo i know something offended me but i just can't get to like mm. i don't know how to word it to a way where you can understand mm-hmm. what it means to me so it looks as though you're fumbling the bag and you're just like upset about something that you don't really know what you're upset mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. but for me it takes like time for me to walk through mm. and talk it out like okay I know I feel this way. Was it this? Was it that? Was it this? Oh no, it was this. So you might be, you might've hit four different things, but then right. the time you're like, okay, this is what it is. Someone might look at it and be like, okay, you're making up stuff now. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You just, you just gotta be gracious. Processing. Yeah. Gracious yeah. with the process. Um, yeah. and, and I, I find myself fumbling the bag a lot. Like I'm like, <laughs> fumbling the bag. I've had the opposite effect where I think, um, I've learned to process so I think I've learned to articulate how I feel once I process it, right? Mm-hmm. And there have been times in like certain friendships where like I've been called dramatic or emotional when I'm just expressing something. And I could not even, I, there are times where like I've gotten over it. And I'm not mad. I'm just saying you did this and it blew me. Mm-hmm. But you're saying like, oh, you're so dramatic, ABC. And I'm like, no, I mean, it just offended me. And I'm letting you know, just for like our friendship's sake for the future. Mm-hmm. And I think um, guys, sometimes don't want to come off as dramatic or emotional 
Mm. Especially if they're not comfortable with themselves and they know they're not that type of person and all they're doing is expressing themselves. Mm. Y'all teaching me something because I feel like I'm the person that I like to get to the bottom of something really quickly because I feel like I, at least I've grown to through this friendship stretching me (laughs) all the time um, to be able to articulate like how I feel really well. And then Mm -hmm. when I deal with my male friends, I'm so frustrated because I'm like, yo, can you not just say it? But um, yeah, this is just a good lesson for me and just like giving grace. And I think also we had a couple on our um, IG live this last week and they just talked about like knowing when to give time to, to have conversations. And mm-hmm. like, I think that was the biggest lesson for me in relationships with friends of the opposite sex is like, maybe it is not going to happen right now. And mm-hmm. I need to like give him the space to be able to like process, think about it. And then we can come back to it and have a much more like fruitful conversation. And I just want to add, if there are people listening who are like, you know what? I never do any of that. Like I don't take time to process. Like it's okay. It's a muscle that you develop over time time like it it takes time to develop the language behind your emotions Mm -hmm. even to yourself like you said Moses like something could piss me off I've been mad at God for a week it took me five days to figure out why am I mad at you (laughs) he finally had me crying the other day and I'm like oh that's all we're mad and so I think we have to give grace to ourselves as we Mm -hmm. learn learn ourselves learn what offends us because there's things in our hearts that we don't know yeah but the beautiful Mm -hmm. part is that we serve a God who knows our hearts deeper in Psalms it tells us he knows our hearts deeper than we know our hearts and so Mm -hmm. if you don't know how you're feeling if you don't know where to start a good place I think it's just to sit in some solitude (laughs) and for me I just start talking it out I'm like all right so she did that thing okay so why that God and just start to articulate it practice articulating it out loud to yourself and just start Mm -hmm. that practice and I think the more you practice that you develop a muscle and then you'll learn how to articulate it to others as well but if you're not learning how to articulate it to yourself and Mm -hmm. with God you'll never be able to communicate those feelings and the offense as well to other people yeah Yeah. or you're not really truly walking in relationship with people because they will bring it out yes it will bring it out they'll bring it all out holding up a mirror it's a lot of people walking on thin ice in their relationship just afraid to express so uncomfortable you create a narrative about that person based off of one thing that you saw that might not have even been reality and we've talked a lot about how like the, our emotions are not always reality. Mm-mm. And so we're so quick to not believe them, but it's like, they made you upset over one thing. And mm-hmm. then you tell yourself a story about them mm-hmm. six months down the line over one thing that may or may not have even been true, true. Yeah, but yeah. you don't even deal with it. Cause again, you afraid you don't want to mm-hmm. be dramatic. You That's don't want to be the friend be, doing the most. Oh, I'm always bringing yeah. up. And it's like, we don't even, my therapist told me once, she's like, you don't even give people a chance to show up for you. You upset that no one shows up but you don't give them a chance to show up because you never communicate mm. what you need from them. And mm. I was like, okay, doctor. All right, read you me. Ain't wrong. Oh, read me. All right, jump into these good. relationship questions. Uh, so, <laughs> don't we all, you know? Just Awkward. love it. Such a good combo. Um, okay, so Moses, we, we would kick it off to you first. So can you talk about what's the biggest misconception you think that single Christian women have about single Christian men? Ooh, we. Mm. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Hey, let me preface this by saying I don't speak for all Christian men. That's good. We That's speak good. for for what we've experienced or what That's I've good. experienced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that one of the biggest ones, and we have conversations about this all the time, is this whole pursuit aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mis the misconception is that. Okay, you know, the, 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 the analogy is always that men pursue, they, you don't, you know, step out, find a man that's going to pursue you. Mm -hmm. um, And then, you know, y'all go from there. But I think that we've taken that and run so much with it that there isn't a pursuit from the other side Mm -hmm. of 
women, you know what I'm saying? Like men are, are just, you know, pursue, 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 make the step, make the step. Mm. And sometimes it may feel like, okay, I'm doing all this. You're just along for the ride. Like what's going on here? Mm. Um, I Bruh. think that, <laughs> long some, for of the us, ride. some of us, some of us have experienced Yo. it, but I think that, um, relationships are just uh, relationships that lead to marriage at the end of the day are is something that's going to glorify God. Right. right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're here to glorify God. So if we take that perspective, you got to look back at what a uh, God relationship looks like. And you see mm-hmm. that through Christ in the church where it's a double pursuit, like mm, disciples are pursuing Christ the same way that Christ is pursuing them. So you know what I'm saying? So you get mm. into a relationship and you're like, okay, mm. when are they going to start pursuing me? You realize you set a foundation of just wow. one side of pursuit. Yep. Um, Been there. And, and then, yeah. And then you get, to, you get to a relationship thinking it's just going to automatically switch. It don't mm-hmm. switch. You just That's good. sit in there sick. You just mm. mad. Like, <laughs> And it happens on the other side, too, I want to say. Like, because I Come feel on. like what God had to check me on is like, no, you can't be out here pursuing all the time. Like, girl, you need to take a back seat. Like, let a man yeah. come. And I feel like it happens the same way. It's like you go after a guy and then y'all get into a relationship or whatever. Y'all start kicking it. And then you're like, all right, well, when's he going to step up and plan some things for us to do and like want to take me? And it's like, nah, you got him like that. So <laughs> you got to keep sustaining yeah, the relationship yeah. like that. Yeah. That's such a good point. Wow. Yeah. Whatever you start, is yeah. hey, make sure you realize the foundation you set, you're going to have to keep up with it Come because on. you're going to end up being sick. And <laughs> the church kind of uh, positions like relationships that way where it's like mm-hmm. the man must pursue the woman. And then it's like, they'll tell a woman, know your worth, you deserve the world, et cetera, et cetera. Man. Obviously, yes, you are the prize, all that stuff, right? But then I feel like this in turn creates an effect where women think their mere existence means that the guy must pursue them and they must do nothing else. That's kind of just how it is. And it's kind of like, well, you move to me, but it's like, well, I thought if you liked me, this would be kind of some reciprocal type deal here. Cause like what, cause, cause I'm, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. We shook. But if, if, if I, if I established, like I established initial contact, great. Okay. So I would assume you give me rhythm based on how you felt about me. But mm-hmm. it's not not just because I'm pursuing you, because I would hope that there's something that you see in me that you would want as well. Right. It's not mm-hmm. that every guy that pursues you, just because they're pursuing you, you receive it. So mm-hmm. once I establish initial contact, maybe take you out, we start from there. I think it's like we both now should show this mutual thing because mm-hmm. I, I pursued and made contact. And now I would assume that because you expressed that you liked me or expressed that you wanted to continue to get to know me, that there's some type of action that comes with that. But I think mm-hmm. they take a backseat because it's like, well, the man's supposed to do this. And then that that is kind of why a lot of like the narrative where it's like people attach self, a, a woman's worth to like the man that they have. Mm-hmm. Or they're in the oh, man. yeah. yeah. For because sure. it's like there's so much power in the man because he pursues. It's like he determines when y'all become into a full-blown relationship and stop the situation. Mm-hmm. He determines when y'all get married. He mm-hmm. like He determines so much because wow. of this foundation that's laid that's good pursuit requires i think a lot of times you know we talk about protect your heart protect your heart which yes you know protect your heart um but whenever you go into any type of relationship there's the pursuit causes vulnerability yeah. and i i don't think that you should um like think that vulnerability automatically means you're not protecting your heart because in order to pursue mm-hmm. you need to have some type of vulnerability there so mm-hmm. i think a lot of people try to get into these 
you know, relationships, get to know people, whatever it may be, and still try to protect that vulnerability aspect of it, you mm-hmm. know? And then they, that's how you end up with the one-sided pursuit where someone feels like, dang, I'm giving them everything, you know, and, and they're not reciprocating. The mm-hmm. other person just may be, may be like, okay, I'm waiting for this to happen so that now I can be vulnerable with them and now I can do this. But you kind of are doing a disservice to um, the relationship. And I just think about it, even to the analogy I brought up previously, um of the two different perspectives like what has christ done Mm -hmm. for you versus what can christ do for me yeah i think that once you go into a relationship thinking what has christ done for me or or that automatically creates a space where it's like okay i want to be able to give Mm -hmm. to this person of course there's you know levels to it especially within dating relationships and in marriage where in marriage you fully give to this person but there's stages where even in just talking in relationships you're able to like give up yourself to an extent i don't want to mm-hmm. y'all shouldn't be out here just giving it all away come on willy come on, nilly you know, now. just just talking but there's that vulnerability aspect to it where you're here to yeah. to to, to yeah. give to this person pursue this person the same way the men leads in pursuit i'm not saying men don't lead in mm-hmm. pursuit mm-hmm. what i'm saying i don't want y'all coming on here saying <laughs> project 330 said, yeah. hey, said. <laughs> so i think my biggest or the one of the biggest misconceptions about uh that Christian women have towards us is that we have it all figured out. Mm. And I think they don't intentionally like mean to project that onto us. Mm-hmm. But I think um, just in my like dating history, um, cause men are called to lead just based on like what the church says, what, what we're told. And um, that leaves little room for like mistakes. Mm. So when mm-hmm. you make certain mistakes in like your decision-making or just like how you um, put boundaries up and I think sometimes there has been like accountability has been removed from one party and it's not, not a, like a two, it takes mm. two to tango type situation. It's more so like, well, this went south because the guy messed up here. Mm. And I think um, a lot of times we're responsible for like, and this is obviously like, let's say like a, a, a couple breaks up, the, <laughs> the girl's friends would be like, what do you do? Because <laughs> naturally nine times out of 10, it's mm-hmm. like it gotta be him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guys won't be like, "What did she do?" That's They'll be like, "What happened? What happened?" Wow. So, so I think, um, so I think a lot of times uh, the fact that a guy, because because like certain things could just not work out, but That's unfortunately, yeah. it'll be on the onus of the man. And I think um, sometimes, I people tend to forget that like just like you don't know about dating and you're learning, I'm learning as well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm learning to like not only pursue you but to steer us in the right direction so that hopefully we don't like both drown. So I think um, having grace when a guy, obviously, obviously there's like, there's a difference between making mistakes and just being like extremely toxic and like making wrong decisions. So I think being Mm -hmm. able to differentiate the two, understanding like this didn't work out, not because he did ABC, but because it just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. I feel red. Servant leadership. I think uh, for men, like we have to learn what leadership, oh, not we have to, but I think to that point, a lot of us don't know how to lead because, you know, to an extent, some of us haven't had father figures in our lives. Um, I know myself being one, like my father wasn't present physically. So I didn't really have the opportunity to have conversations about, you know, leading just in general, let alone Mm. leading in a relationship or a romantic relationship. So, mm-hmm. you know, we tend to follow the the world's quote unquote 
definition of leadership, which is a lot of times dominant. You have to make sure that you're known that you're, when you walk in the room, mm. um, that you're felt this, that, and the third. Whereas the biblical definition of Come leadership on, is, is completely different. You Come know what on. I'm saying? Servant leadership, giving of yourself mm. so that the ones that you're leading are the ones that can, that can see that you're laying down your life for them mm. in hopes that they do the same for you. And then mm. you're not mm. only laying down your life for them, you're laying down your life for Christ, you know, and, and knowing that he's going to be the one that's leading y'all. You're just like, you know, it's just coming through you as a byproduct of that. So me being in a relationship now, like I had to learn a lot about what leadership looks like mm. um, and how I had to like deconstruct what I thought it was. Um, and even deconstruct sometimes what um, the the culture, both worldly <laughs> and Christian, yes, would yes. define it as. You know, yep. we sometimes focus too much on the the surface level stuff, like oh, you got to pay this amount on the first date, or you got to mm-hmm. make sure you do this, or you got to make sure you do that. Whereas if you you can do all that stuff, but at the end of the day, if your heart ain't right, come, come on, on, what's that character talking about? Yeah, you know, it, it don't mean nothing. So <laughs> you can find yourself being performative. Mm. and mm. not having right. a successful relationship you mm. know i saw i saw you guys make a face when moses said <laughs> the first the paying for the date thing i just have a question before we okay. get to the next okay the next question. <laughs> look at you so <laughs> obviously it's, it's probably a question you guys heard before mm, <laughs> so if you guys see. if a man tried to take you out first date mm-hmm. does the whole works picks you up very nice date good conversation is going well you're like you're, he's definitely having a second date waiter brings a check and he pulls out a coupon is I that, that he's responsible with I his money? Not at all. <laughs> that means he's fiscally See? responsible. I, I want love somebody group on. It's like love, I want somebody who we, wants to be wise that. with. I want somebody who wants to be wise with their money. Yeah. Because honestly, yeah. our money is God's money. So yeah. I want someone um, who is stewarding God's money well. And if stewarding means that we want to get a discount, then let's steward it let's well. It. Like a discount. Hey, Every, everyone who just heard, everyone listening to this podcast, oh. hit the little back button, fifteen seconds. And go back to what her, hear what she just said because Run it back. I, I've had certain responses where it's like that's so interesting. Not on the first date, and I'm like, uh-huh. why? It's it's the, the food was the same, the experience is the same. What does the group on mean? Yeah, it's just like what are they saying? I don't want him to feel. Like, it was just basically like it just means it it like he could be like he's cheap or he's wow. not like willing to do more. like I don't even know. It's, it, it, people were just like looking at I don't even know. It, it felt like a superficial answer. And that's the consensus for a lot of people out there. Like they just, they're cold group on you. They're like, don't do it in front of me. Go to the waiter and do it. Don't let me know. And I'm like- You need to know what you're getting into. I was just about to say, I think it's to to the point about like people trying to be something that they're not. I think that's real fake. If you are the type of person that you would show up, like you like Groupons, you like seeing like, okay, how can I get a discount? How can I do this? Mm -hmm. And you gonna treat me on the first date or the first couple of dates one way. And then all of a sudden you show up a different way. So I'm getting a false persona. You're putting forth something Mm -hmm. that's not even really you. So like, if you the type of person that like Groupon, I want to see that on the first date. So I can be like, okay, he'd be the same place that I am. (laughs) I'll take Dorian there next week. He be the same place Yo. I am on Groupon. Love it. We love a deal. Right. Okay. Right. Like what? See, yeah. I appreciate it. Because that I want to be wise with my money though. And I care yeah. more about again stewardship than how what other people are thinking of yeah. me. You know, and I think that if we start to prioritize people's perception of us over doing what God has called us to be mm-hmm. and be who He's created us to be, 
we're not really living and experiencing life. And I think, again, mm. I've been in relationships where I put such a, I put my best, best foot forward mm -hmm. so early that I can't maintain it. It's Come like, on now. that persona is exhausting to like always be funny and yeah, always man. be cute. Like, I, I can't do that. It's and crazy. I feel like I gotta be who God made me to be. Yeah. Because, and it's like, when I don't, I'm insulting the creator of the universe. When I say, you know what, let me change this. Let me tweak this. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that we shouldn't grow and, and be aware, yeah. but it's like, if we are not willing to walk fully in who God called us to be, then we're insulting the creator. Mm -hmm. And he does yeah. a perfect, perfect job. Perfect job. So if I got to get a discount, boo, I got to get a discount. Come on now. That is so <laughs> funny. That's so funny. That's so interesting. Love. I never love heard that question before. I think it's a yeah. thing that comes with maturity. Yeah, like, I too. think so. Yeah. Also, it has been, in our experience, it is very difficult to find godly, godly men to go on dates with. So it's like, <laughs> if that's the thing that you, if that's the issue, and it's like, I don't think you've been out here in the world long enough to find that it is hard to find like-minded people who enjoy what you, just even in friendships, mm -hmm. like it is so hard to find people to vibe with that it's like, that's what you disqualify people on? That, right. that, that that's low criteria? of a criteria? <laughs> okay. It's like, you don't know how rough it is out here in this world. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's hard mm. to find good people, but okay. It's real. That was an interesting, I appreciate like it. you, Remy. good question, Remy. We probably gonna talk about that later on. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to this <laughs> next question. Ooh, I'm excited, okay. What's the most attractive quality you believe a woman can have? And we and we know we know, you know, loving God, okay, Proverbs right. 31, <laughs> we know all that. But like beyond that, what is the most attractive <laughs> quality? Tell us. All right. I can start this one off. Um okay. so I think the most attractive quality for me personally, a woman can have is how personable she is. Um mm. I think uh just there have been times where I've seen women who like light up the room. And that, like, regardless of what how they look physically, that just makes them more attractive. Like, just just a bubbly personality that people want to gravitate towards. Because I feel like relationships and like who you know is more valuable than like what you know or like what skill sets you have. Because people naturally just want like people naturally will help and give opportunity to people that they want to be around. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I would want somebody that I mm -hmm. feel like I could take around my friends. I could take around. If, like if, if we're going on like a business trip, like anything I'm doing and just knowing that she knows how to like light up the room and just, just, I feel like I wouldn't have to like babysit her if I'm going out somewhere. Uh, and yeah. I just think, um, because that, cause I don't think I'm the most personal person in the world. I can hold a conversation, like go back and forth with somebody, but I think having somebody who's not too like timid or shy and just realizes people are just people is something that like, I find very attractive. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would go along those same lines um, and then add another layer to it. Somebody that is not full of themselves, but is more so focused on, you know, people. And when I say people, I mean, like, you know, what they're passionate about and what they pursue in life and careers mm. is centered around, you know, serving people. Um, mm. Not to say that they forget about themselves, you know, because I know that there is a balance where people overextend themselves too much. But I'm saying just like, um, our culture nowadays, a lot of times we're just conditioned to be selfish, you know, mm -hmm. we're conditioned to just think about ourselves and what we want and how we can get what we want. But I think there's a beauty in people that, you know, center their lives around other people where it's serving them through their passion, serving them through um, just their time, serving them through their resources. I think that's very attractive because it's something mm -hmm. that not only, um, is challenging to, you know, the person that they're with, the significant other, but it's challenging to everybody that they meet. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that holds a high regard um, 
for somebody that can come into a room and just impact people without even, you know, really mm-hmm. trying to. So I think that's those are those are some qualities that um that I really like. Yeah. And to add an extra component onto like everything that we were saying, um, I really appreciate someone who's comfortable with themselves. Mm-hmm. And because I think we live in a world where like social media is like driving everything, a, mm-hmm. a lot of people have a lot of insecurities. And I think I get worried when I see people who like do certain things, like maybe like buy designer bags or like change the way they look, change who they are mm-hmm. just to like shift to other people. And so if I see somebody who I know like is just comfortable with who they are and like mm-hmm. that person flaws and all, like that just is just so much more attractive. Like mm-hmm. I see people who, like we'll literally not leave the house without looking a certain way mm. or like we'll, we'll have spent so much time like contemplating all their insecurities that they'll change everything about them. And I think that like worries me. So someone who's really comfortable with themselves is something that I try to gravitate towards. I was about to say, I feel like all of that really ties into, I mean, living Christ-like. Yeah, I think all those qualities just tie back into it. Yeah, because the more you pursue Christ, the Mm -hmm. more that stuff shows itself true. So I think, you know, that could be the answer itself. Like somebody who just pursues what Christ cares about, pursues the life that He lived, Mm -hmm. and just pursues all that. um, I think that that's just you know challenging to one, and then that's just you know impactful. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I had a thought you go first yeah well I was gonna say I think to, to Moses's point about being Christ-like like the more that you find yourself in him the more comfortable you actually are Ooh, because like you good. love yourself as you were designed mm-hmm. you love the things that you love you're like I mean this is weird but like it's what I like so <laughs> like God wouldn't have put this in me if he didn't want it to be there so I think just kind of coming into the comfortability with yourself to to your part Remy I think what what I also love about people is when they have something like on their own they've got their own thing going for themselves Mm -hmm. and I think it's like in addition to just work because as a person who kind of like I've always had my hand in different places so I love to see somebody else like you know you may have your nine to five but like what are you doing from five until nine the next day like what are the other things that you're pursuing whether that's like I serve here I volunteer here I coach here I do a podcast like whatever it is so I just love seeing people just, you know, not letting their potential fall flat and just mm. having other things going for them that, like, I could tell you hustling the same way that I am. Like, yeah. that's attractive to me. Yeah. yeah. I ain't trying to carry the team, you know what I'm saying? Come on I'm now. Carry I don't want, because there's a tendency, like, when people get into relationships that their their lives become centered around the other person. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, oh, no. once that other person is gone, what you gonna just do? like oh snap what am I gonna do with my life now mm-hmm, I'm like mm-hmm. yo at the end of the day because when, when you get into that that place you're now putting somebody in the position of where God should be come, come on. on you're centering your life around them to the point that when they leave your life is in shambles this should mm-hmm. never be like that I've heard I've heard married people say like you know of course yes this is the love of my life you know I love this woman but God forbid something happens mm-hmm. because of the relationship I have with Christ. I can still, you know, my life still has meaning. Yeah, exactly. My life still has meaning. Yeah. And I'll just add too. I think it's interesting that the qualities we've all been talking about are internal, their character. But I think for a lot of women, we grow up and there's so much emphasis and pressure put on women and their, their physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about Instagram and it's like, I just think like if I had spent half the time worrying about my character <laughs> as I did my appearance, 
you know, in my early twenties, even, you know, mm -hmm. in college, I just think like how far I would be. And it's like, the more I've worked on my character, the more beautiful I actually feel. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I, I think a lot of women and I myself, I've gotten caught up in like trying to impress somebody by how I look. And I mean, I'm not saying physical appearance is, is not important, but I think for people who are single and, and want to find somebody like spend some time working on your character. Mm -hmm. And in the book that we read with um, Pastor Gary, he talked something, he said something that was funny. He was like, the beauty going to fade way faster than the character or something come like that. Now. He's like, the, yeah. the beauty that's going to come and right. go, baby. It but that character, does. that integrity, that's what's going to keep the relationship spicy. Not because you look good, because you're not always going to look good. You're going to yeah. roll up, you're going to be sick. You don't know what's going to happen. And so I think that we are better off when we work on our character and pursue people who have character because those physical qualities, they're just, they're not hey. real. <laughs> like, I don't look yeah. like this every day. Like, this ain't real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Character touches a lot of aspects in your life because yeah. character leads to discipline. Mm -hmm. Discipline is like, okay, let me take care of my body. Let me eat right. Let me work out. There let it me, is. You know, get myself together. So once you focus on character, you're just focused on yourself and becoming a better person. Mm -hmm. and somebody will come alongside yes. eventually. Yep. And, you know, it's not like you got to change yourself now because you you found somebody. It's like you've already been working on that's this stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, it just happens. Yeah, that's good. So what's a lesson that y'all have learned from a mistake while dating? Uh, so we don't want to just focus necessarily on the mistake, but, like, what did you learn from it? Mm. <laughs> I guess I'll go first on this one. <laughs> I think that um, some of the biggest lessons that have that are affecting my life now is just intentionality. Um, and it's kind of two-sided where it's like, I've been in situations where I was interested in somebody, but you know, me kind of like being in this new Christian dating sphere, not really knowing what intentionality is and how to show it mm. in that way. And also, you know, tying back into like, you know, not really having a father figure to teach you about, okay, how does, mm. what are these steps? Wow. So that intentionality, not really showing it. Um, and then on the other side, the person being like, okay, is this person serious about me? You know, are they really trying to pursue me? Um, where I think that was just more so like an innocent, well, I wouldn't say innocent, but just like a lack of knowledge yeah. realizing. And now I look back, I'm like, yeah, I kind of did some wild mm. thing mm -hmm. where I kind of, you know, I wouldn't say I stood up somebody, but I like didn't prioritize them. Mm -hmm. the way that I should have you know um so I would say mm -hmm. that was one side of intentionality but the other side too is just you know even when you you know for example we talked about how people get into seasons where they're just idle you know when you're you don't really have anything you're working towards you don't you know you're kind of like in a limbo and then you start you try to entertain more things that you normally wouldn't mm -hmm. um, and it's not in like a harmful way you just find yourself like going with the flow of life and not really having intentionality for your life. And mm. that steams into other relationships where it's like, mm. okay, me and this person have been texting for some time. You know, we're just seeing how it goes. I don't really have a plan there, but <laughs> I'm entertaining it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not like you're intentionally trying to be harmful to this person, but you're, right. you're realizing that you're not being intentional and you're playing around with somebody else's feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that I've seen myself on both sides of that where, um, intentionality, I never really understood how, how important it was mm -hmm. until it was too late, you know, until mm -hmm. the other person was like, all right, yeah, this is over with, you know, you not, you playing games or when Oops. you get to the other side and it's like, okay, so what are we doing here? The per when, when the other person, cause it's going to come. You're ready. Right? Yeah. Let me tell you, it's going to come. So the other person is just saying, <laughs> Let me tell okay, 
what are we doing here? And then you find yourself in the Mr. Krabs little meme, just like, what? And you gotta, you gotta say right then and there, I don't think this is going to where you think it's going. Ooh, you know? that's hard. And yeah. it's just like, of course, these are my uh, younger years, but you just realize like intentionality is important. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's something that you can't really play around with or you can't let it just, you know, go to where you just can't go with the flow with it. You got to mm-hmm. set, you got to set the tone of whatever is happening. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think, you know, that not only affected my, you know, romantic type of relationships, but it affects every other area of my yep. life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But there's yeah. been other like, you know, mistakes that have, that have, uh, there are a lot of funnier stories, which, you know, we'd be here forever, but I'll say those are. <laughs> nah, like that's, the, the, that's the truth though, right there. The grand, the grand story right mm. there. Yeah, I think for me, um, the biggest mistake learned while dating is staying too long in a relationship, situationship, or just, you know, dealing with somebody. Um, yeah, that's pretty much staying too long, turn something into a situationship. And I Ooh, think, um, that's it. I, I think, I think a lot of us, uh, <laughs> we try to make things work <laughs> for one reason or the other. I remember I was in a long standing situationship just because she was, she was just because she was Christian and we had like, we were both Nigerian, both Christian. And I felt like it was supposed to work. Like we attended mm. the same church and all that stuff. And I think, um, if, like, even though I saw certain things that I was like, I don't think this could work. I saw, I don't want to say red flags because it's like, they probably are green flags or somebody else. Mm-hmm. But like, I saw certain things that like prompted me to 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 end things. But that, like all those reasons on top of not wanting to hurt somebody else is what prolonged this and turned mm-hmm. it into, made it, made it fester into something more serious. If you break something off in like year one when you guys are talking, or maybe even like six months, Mm-hmm. It, it's not as bad as if you're like 18 months deep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not saying these are like real times or anything. I'm just throwing out numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but if like, oh, if you allow something to keep growing, obviously it's going to get more and more severe when you do mm-hmm. have that conversation and you guys try to sever ties because you guys have gotten to know each other more. Your eggs are literally all in one basket and mm. things just don't work out. And mm-hmm. you don't, one thing I, I never want to do is, um, waste somebody's 20s because I feel like those are your mm. pivotal years and I tell my guy mm. friends who like let's say they're in a relationship and I know they don't want to be in it it's like don't waste their 20s like mm. don't be with her from 23 to 28 and you'd be like yeah um I don't even sorry uh. she could have been using that time working on herself and building with somebody else mm. wow, um, wow, wow. and even vice versa for dudes like yeah. if, yeah. for there are some times where you don't want to break it off because you don't want to hurt somebody and it's like you could be spending your time working on yourself or building with someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think um, just like, that's like a big mistake that a lot of us make. And we, mm. we try to stay in a situation too long for all the wrong reasons. Mm. And I, then, then I think another one is, uh, I think when people have sex too soon, mm. um, and I'm not saying people in relationships that have premarital sex, but I'm also saying there are times where people do that and they go the distance, but a lot of times people have it prematurely mm-hmm. without knowing the person and knowing mm-hmm. like, uh who they are and then they tend to use it as a crutch so when they argue end up having sex and thinking oh everything's okay mm-hmm. and then they end up masking certain problems with the physical and you think you like this person when it's like you guys just have good sexual chemistry and mm-hmm. you stay a year or two longer just because Ooh. your sex was good yikes and i think that's a mistake a lot of people make because mm-hmm. people are just horny and mm-hmm. then it's like you don't want to yeah. you don't you don't want to try to figure out 
okay, you're like, oh, I like this here. Well, let me just try to like mold him into something I like because this one aspect of him yeah. is so good mm. or her is so good. Mm. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like comfort zones. It's like at the end of the day, bro, relationships and I'm not married yet, but from what I've heard, marriage is the Ooh. hardest thing you'll have to do ever. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And, and, the way and that you said it. I was um, listening to a uh, uh, sermon about the myths of marriage. Um, and kind of like a lot of what Remy was talking about, like fancy and sex and all this type of stuff. So they they kind of just like, you know, try to mold the person into who they want them to be. Mm-hmm. And you realize like once you get into marriage, after a certain time, you realize you're not going to be able to change this person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just who they are. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you you put your trust in this person like, to complete you emotionally um, and whatever you're thinking that this person is going to complete, they're not because Mm-mm, that's only going to come period. through Christ. Yeah. Come so on. it takes a lot more effort to really do the front end work of taking out that the sexual, you know, compatibility and all that mm-hmm. to really get to know who this person is, what they stand for, how y'all figure out y'all situations when you are in arguments, all that type of stuff. So that sex isn't a crutch. It's an icing mm-hmm. on the cake once you mm-hmm. hit marriage. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that, you know, once you understand that, boundaries become easier because it's not a rule like, okay, we can't do this, that, and the third um, just because that's the rule. But you realize, okay, this is this boundary here is going to help me out or help us out later mm-hmm. on yeah. when we're married. You know, we're not looking at it as a, a uh, like a rule um, or somebody limiting us, we're looking at it as a way of, okay, this is just what we got to do in the, I think of it in the game, right? You go through practice, you realize that, okay, this is what you have to study, the film you have to study, mm. what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So that once you get to the game, it's easy. And that's what, yeah. that's what it is. You got to yeah. do the front end work and people aren't doing that. People mm-hmm. are just, you know, you get into the feelings of love and, oh, this is great, all this type of stuff. And then you get into the game, you realize we ain't study film. We ain't go through the playbook. We ain't do this, that, and third, and y'all get smashed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Moses just had me remember something. I think um, I forgot what he said specifically, but I see a lot of relationships where people don't realize they 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 can't rely on their partner for their happiness. Mm-hmm. And I've I've seen situations where someone is using their partner as a crutch not realizing they're responsible for their own happiness Mm -hmm. so like if their partner does something that deviates from what they want them to do they're like crushed and i feel like that can be very detrimental because things aren't always going to work out and you're you're and you you and your partner you guys might not make it to marriage so if you put all this into them thinking like they're responsible for how to make you happy Mm -hmm. if they remove themselves you'll be devastated so i feel like Mm -hmm something to remember is like regardless of who you're with like having your own identity and being comfortable in yourself outside of them like a hundred percent outside of them is like what's necessary and i think um i don't tag it to age but i do think maturity levels i think how mature you are before you step into a relationship is important because mm-hmm. you may be sad or broken or just going through something and then you get with somebody who is also the same mm. and you guys just are just leaning on each other and mm-hmm. it never really works because you guys are just kind of like sucking each other's souls, basically, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is yeah. could be very problematic. Uh, yeah, not could be. It has been from uh, this is Morgan' personal experience. <laughs> Come on it's now, detrimental, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it's horrendous. It's crazy. Yeah. I'd rather you just should. People need to know when like being single is the better option at the, yeah. at the stage in their life. Yeah, and we've talked about that several times on the podcast. Like, if mm-hmm. you 
are not whole, you cannot go into a relationship thinking that that's going to be the thing that makes mm-hmm. you whole. Yeah. And I think a lot of the mistakes you all mentioned and that we kind of chimed in is because we live in a culture that's all about immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Like you got to have this now and it has to feel good now. And like, we don't live in a society where it's like, it's okay to delay gratification. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. But even what you were saying, Remy, about staying in something longer uh, in sacred search, he talked about it, it's like, you will, you forfeit, like you're not willing to be uncomfortable for a little bit. And, and as a result of that, you end up being uncomfortable for a whole marriage. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would, it doesn't even add up. Like, just be uncomfortable, make the hard decision now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll hurt, but like, it'll hurt even more to be tw- spend 25 years, even five years in your 20s with somebody unhappy. Like, the math doesn't add up, but mm-hmm. because we are a society that's so discomfort adverse that we don't teach people like, it's okay to sit in your discomfort. In fact, that's when healing and growth and change occurred. But we have to be willing to just be like, I don't have to be immediately gratified. And that means I have to be single and work on my character and heal and be whole. I'm willing to be uncomfortable because I know at the end, God's going to turn it for good, whether I end up married or not. We, we got to be willing to sacrifice something now. Mm-hmm. And I think that we nobody really wants to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We want it all now, but we don't want to put me, in the me. work. Dr. Derry talks about short-term discomfort mm. for a long-term life sentence. And it's like, Ooh. which one do you want? I don't want the life sentence <sighs> oh, of a no. terrible marriage. That's, that's <laughs> oh my God. Imagine, imagine like going through the whole process of getting married, the wedding, Bro. all that stuff. And right. then you look at it like a ball and chain. Like One person said it like this, that sobered me up and said, no matter how you look at it, you're going to be with this. If you do it right, you're going to be with this person longer than what you've been alive right now. Like, right for me, I'm 26. Mm-hmm. If I do this right, I plan to be with my wife for longer than 26 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So mm-hmm. what you're looking at right now is you're looking at it later on. You're not even going to think about these years where you were so That's hot so and ready to get married because you've been with this person I, for so 40 long. plus years. Ooh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh. I wish people hey. didn't take that burning with passion uh, a verse and like, you know, live it out sometimes because it's like, <laughs> bro, like, you gotta understand marriage is real, extremely yes, real. Right? Yes, and, yes. and the thing is, if they, if you, not to elongate this, but if you focus on other scriptures versus this one scripture, even when they were talking about how, um, you know, the whole thing about like divorce and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when they were asking Jesus, like, okay, so why mm-hmm. did Moses say it was okay for us to divorce never the intent but because your hearts were hardened towards you know whoever it may be that's why he gave that out there and then the, the disciples were like you know if that's the case like it's better to not marry because at that moment they realized how difficult marriage is mm. marriage is essentially you're committing to a lifelong co- uh, covenant to a person where you're going to forgive them day in and day out mm. you're going to grow with them day in and day out and if you look at that Ooh. and you got to prepare yourself for that, you're like, okay, I can wait a little bit because oh, yeah. I'm not <laughs> ready little, to a just, lot of it. yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like marriage is, I'm not married, but I can already look at some people and, and see that it's tough, but there's beauty in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Once you have mm-hmm. the right perspective, once you have the right mindset, once you go into it, not thinking of what can this person do for me, but what, right. you know, can I do for this person or what has Jesus done for me that I can mm-hmm. give to this person? Mm-hmm. That's just the mindset I'm looking at, um, at it right now. So, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Y'all, this was, Ooh. whether anybody tells us or not, I'm going to just say it. This was good. Uh-huh. I feel like I learned <laughs> so much. I Got learned right. so much. Like I need to just sit on the things that y'all taught us. So we're grateful for y'all. Thank y'all for just, just coming on and being willing yeah. to share your heart and, and be vulnerable and share things that have been difficult. 
And I think it's going to bless a lot of people. Did y'all have any final thoughts before we wrap this episode up? Anything you, the people need to know? Um, I'll let Remy go first. Okay. Great. Hey, I think um, I would say uh, it's, a, I think uh, like in your 20s, it's okay to be selfish to an extent. Like just mm-hmm. realize that being your best self um, and like working on your character, like internal, not only the external is what helps you in any relationship. It helps you understand like what pushes your buttons, what you gravitate towards. It helps you with your family because your family doesn't want you. Your family best receives you at your best self. And that goes for like like all relationships around you. And you want to step your best foot forward when it comes to your friends. You want to be able to pour into everybody around you. Just like that, mm-hmm. that race analogy we said, like somebody that you're pursuing, somebody that you're right next to and somebody that's behind you. Like you want to be running as fast as you can in order to keep up, in order to keep at pace and in order to, you know, stay in front of that person. Because if you that's fall good. behind the person you're helping, who's going to help them mm-hmm. like run faster so i think um mm. like just remember to prioritize so especially like during these times bro because life is very fleeting we've already learned that if 2020 didn't teach us Ooh. any lesson yes, um, yes life life is fleeting so certain things you may care about now <laughs> two three years from now you might not even think about so work yeah. on self mm. that's good yeah and i would say that um for me this time has created you know a lot of simplicity in terms of like just how i view Mm. every aspect of Mm. life including relationships and marriage and not just romantically but friendships as well Mm. and i'm realizing that you know outside there's a lot of different there's a lot of information on relationships marriage this that and the third to the point where like okay we haven't we have all the information we need Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so what's not working Mm. um and what i realized is that you know, if you really want to learn about relationships, you really want to learn about marriage, if you really want to learn about friendships, we just need to look at the life of Jesus and emulate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, there's there's sermons preached on the five, 10 steps on how to have a successful marriage, how to have a successful friendship. Well, if we just look at the life, even though Jesus wasn't married, you can learn mm-hmm. about marriage through his life. You can learn about yeah. friendships through his life. You can learn yeah. about you know, even parental friends or relationships through his life. Yep. Like it all literally just stems from him and stems from what he's done for us. And that's like simplified everything for me and made a lot of things less complicated because we have a tendency to make it complicated. So I'll just say that, like, you know, it's just Jesus. Um, Come on, just Jesus. That's it, just hit, it just hit me that like we live in a time where we kind of like sometimes idolize marriage and we all want to be Christ-like. Jesus, and Jesus was never married. I just never, never thought about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're all striving to be like somebody who was never married, but we're like hyping up marriage like, exactly. like OD. Mm-hmm. Like literally, if you believe that marriage is what's going to completely complete you, you don't have a perspective a right perspective of Jesus because Ooh, he was on. never married you know life and, and he was complete. Married. You know what I'm saying? Fully. He was complete yeah. and never married. So what does that do to your theology for, you know, and, and it's unfortunate. Some people may have heard that theology growing up. So yeah, for sure. they didn't know it. And I can't fault you for that, but I'm just challenging us to like really just learn about his life. So, yeah. Mm. Wow. Love it. Do you have anything before they share their social media? No. Do you want to say anything? Nah, just thanking the people. <laughs> the people being you. <laughs> Y'all too. <laughs> no, this has been nah. great. Yeah. Yeah. So, really so cool. Yeah. I feel like I went to we church. We appreciate y'all, man. Thank yeah. y'all for having us. This is Thank so you guys good. So much. Um, of oh, you're welcome. Where can people find y'all online? Tell them where they can find your podcast. Yeah. All that jazz. For sure. 
Yeah, for sure. But before y'all do that, hey, y'all go and leave a review for these girls. Come on now. Yeah, give them that five stars. For it. Whatever, whatever you guys are doing, stop right now. Leave that yes. review. But, uh, you know, we thank y'all for, for really bringing us in here and, uh, you know, just partnering y'all to, to put out this content. Yeah. Um, but we can find us at at PROJ330 on all social media. Again, our podcast is called The Greater Podcast. Um, but like I said, it's just vulnerable conversations similar to this where we just talk about life um, and what we've experienced and how we can help others just, you know, walk alongside of us to becoming more and more like Christ and, and less about us. So, yeah, follow us um, on all socials at PROJ330. Um, you know, be on the lookout. We're on a break right now, but this is kind of bringing us back into the podcast. Yeah. Okay. It's, on, it's our warm up right now, Brad. There you go. Wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah thank y'all. Thank y'all. So Till much. next time. Yes, sir. Y'all, wasn't that such a good episode with Project 330? We hope that y'all enjoyed that time with our boys Moses and Remy. And we just cannot wait to continue the conversation next week when we talk to them again. We're actually going to talk to the other two members of Project 330, Gabe and Sam, about relationships as well. So for this next week, y'all, on our next episode, it's actually our last episode. But we know that y'all have more questions that we can answer about relationships. So if y'all can just send us what y'all want to know, just DM. DM us on Instagram at Rooted Life Podcast or send us an email at rootedlifepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us, y'all, and we will see y'all next week. We love y'all. Stay rooted.